Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. So we're considering our series in the book of Luke. And today we're going to hear a parable from Jesus, which gives a picture of the world, an understanding of the way the world is, particularly from God's perspective. Uh, There's been a few different people over the years who've tried to sum up what the world is like. Martin Luther said, the world is like a drunken peasant. If you lift him into the saddle on one side, he will fall off on the other. One can't help him, no matter how one tries. Uh, Last century now, a guy called Alvin Toffler wrote a book called Future Wave. He's an ongoing futurist looking into the future. And uh, he says, uh, there is... There is a harassed knife-edge quality to daily life. Nerves are ragged, and as the scuffles and shootings on the subways or on gas queues suggest, tempers are barely under hair-trigger control. Millions of people are terminally fed up. And so that's from a few years ago, but it probably still accurately sums up what the world might look like. But of course, really, if we want a good picture, we need to go to one of the great philosophers of the world, Woody Allen. Uh, and he said, civilization stands at the crossroads. Down one road is despondency and despair, and down the other is total annihilation. Let us pray we choose the right road. <laughs> Jesus has, a, in this parable, as I said, shares his vision of the world, and it's based on the metaphor of a vineyard and some tenants, and uh, we read about it in Luke chapter 20. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn there. Luke chapter 20, commonly known as the parable of the tenants. Chapter 20, verse 9. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and rented it to some farmers and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. They said, This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. So the the story tells us what the world looks like, and it tells us about three groups of people, or three people. And the first one is, it tells us about God and his relationship with the world. And the tenant, the, the landlord obviously owned the vineyard. He owned the land and he owned, when he put the vines in, he owned the, the grapevines as well. Uh, and in the same way, this world belongs to God. 
God owns the land and he owns everything that exists on the land. It, it is his and he has control. Because he owns it, he has the right to control it. Second thing we can see is that the, the tenant here, the landlord did a good job. The, the, the vineyard was viable. There were, were grapes there. There were, were vines growing and it was obviously being harvested and, and so on. So we, the vineyard owner did a good job uh, and God has done a good job in the world. We, we have the potential to, to meet all of our needs in, in this world. There is plenty of good things uh, and good land and, and beauty, of course, that, moves, that we uh, witness and accept. Third, we see that the owner of the vineyard entrusts the land and the vines to the tenants and he goes away for a long time. And it's a bit like that. You, you don't expect a landlord to live on his property that he's renting out. And this landlord certainly did that. He, he rented it out to tenants and then uh, he, he went away. And in, in a sense, we feel that way a bit with, with God as well, that he owns this world and he has entrusted it to us to, to use and to, to harvest and, and to utilise for good. Uh, but he's not immediately present with us. He has sort of, uh, certainly from our perspective, it seems as though he's, he's a long way away and he has been gone a long time as well. But the story in the, the parable, we see that the, the owner of the land hasn't just forgotten about it. He hasn't forgotten about his vineyard. Uh, and presumably annually at the harvest time, he starts sending, he sends a messenger to the, to the tenants and says, okay, you've had a year on my land now and you've had a year with my, my grapevines. Um, give me a bit of the harvest uh, as payment for the use of the land. And outrageously, the, the tenants beat up the, uh, the, the messenger and, in fact, th presumably three years in a row, they, they beat up and, and, and send, these, send the tenants away. It's like if you own a property, the, the, land, the, the real estate agent going to the tenants and the tenant's bashing up the, 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 land, the real estate agent and telling him, no, I'm not going to pay you any rent. Uh, and God has, over the centuries, continued to take an interest in his world and send messengers. Uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, we read about the prophets of God who speak on behalf of God, and they are God's messengers to the tenants in the land of Israel who are living on, on God's land. Uh, in, the, in the New Testament, we read about the apostles, who are the ones who are sent in the world to proclaim God's message. Uh, and again, sometimes they, see, they receive very harsh treatment as they proclaim God's message in the world. And in our own age, we have, have preachers and teachers and evangelists and, and missionaries who are God's messengers going into the world and saying, this is God's world. Uh, he has blessed us with many things, but he expects us to, to pay our rent, to, to honour him, to live in our world the way he wants us to live in our world. And many of those messengers have been rejected as well. And, but finally, we see that the landlord's patience runs out. He sends his three messengers, then he actually sends his son, and then he comes himself. And he comes with judgment. Uh, the owner of the, the vineyard, it says, kills the tenants. Doesn't just sort of have them imprisoned. He, he comes in and, and kills them. He, he, he judges them and puts other tenants into the vineyard. And, and, and the parable is, is, the meaning of that parable is that God is coming. 
The owner is coming back. The owner of this world is going to come back into the world and he's going to judge it according to, to the way that a, the owner of a property would be entitled to judge the, the, the owner of his property, the users of his property. Um, sometimes um, we, we feel as though God is judging us now. If something goes wrong in our life, we, we, like to, we sometimes think, oh, that's God punishing me. But that's not the way God works. God continues to show grace. He continues to give us opportunities to acknowledge him as the owner of this world. Uh, and when he comes back in judgment, believe me, you're going to know it. Uh, that that will be the end. Uh, and, uh, but until then, we have the opportunity to live and, and, and to honour the, the owner of the property, the, the God of our lives, as he deserves. So the first thing this, the parable does, it tells us about God and his relationship with the world. But it also tells us about humans and the way that they relate to God's world. And the first thing we see is it's freedom. We have the, the tenants had the absolute freedom, whether they decided to pay rent to the owner or not, whether they decided to live well in the vineyard was their choice. And, and the, whether they planted grapes or, or planted vines or didn't was up to them. Totally they had that freedom. And humans in God's world have freedom as well. We have the absolute freedom to live the way we want, whether we want to honour God or not honour him, whether we want to live according to God's rules or not live according to God's rules, whether we want to exploit the environment and destroy it or whether we're going to look after it. These are all the choices that human beings have in God's world. But we also see the offence of the sin, of human sin. What the parable does so brilliantly is give us a sense of outrage about the tenants. As we, as we read the tenants, we go, that, that, that is just so wrong, that what they're doing. Why, why don't they pay their rent? Why, why do they beat up the, servant, the servants of the owner of the land? Why do they kill the son that the owner sends to the vineyard? It's meant to create that sense of outrage about the way that we're treating God and treating the world in which he, he has given us and entrusted to us. Every now and then I watch A Current Affair and every time I watch it, there seems to be a story about a bad tenant. You know, that somebody's rented a house out and, and then the, the tenants change the locks so the owner can't get in. When the police come and finally the, the uh, owner gets into the house, you know, all the walls are kicked in and there's feces smeared on the ceiling and everything's destroyed and there's rubbish all over the place. And, and, and the, the reporter shakes their head and says, how do they think they can get away with that? And Alison Langdon shakes her head and I shake my head. I'm going, what an outrage. How could they possibly do that to somebody else's possession? But that's exactly what this Torah parable is showing us the way that God feels about the way that humans are treating his world and, and abusing one another and mistreating and misbehaving as, as God intends us or would, would like us to live. So it tells us about God's relationship with the world and the parable tells us about humans' relationship with the world. But finally, it tells us about Jesus and the world. And the first thing that strikes you about the parable is that the son comes to the vineyard. To the, the original listeners to the parable and to us as well as we read it, we go, that's just craziness. 
what was the what is the owner thinking? He he sent three messengers to these rowdy tenants, and he's beaten them up. What did he think was going to be different about his son? Why, why did he think that they're going to respect his son instead of if he hadn't respected the messengers? And then the shock and horror as these rowdy tenants not only beat up the messenger, they kill him. And it reflects God's commitment to reconciliation. That no matter how much we humans reject him, how much we, 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 we're even violent towards his messengers, that God still keep, is committed to reconciliation with, with us, the rowdy tenants in his world. And he comes to us again and again with his message. He comes again and again saying, please, let's be friends. Let's honour one another. Let's get back into relationship. Let's, let's restore what is broken, even if we have previously rejected him. But the parable also reveals the, the son who walks into death. Even if the original, even if the disciples don't get what Jesus is saying here in this parable, following the resurrection, we should clearly see what Jesus was saying here. Jesus is communicating through this parable that he knew what the fate was that awaited him. He knew that the owners of the vineyard were going to kill him. And yet, he still came into the world and he still kept walking towards Jerusalem, where the murder would take place. He comes with his, with his arms outstretched and says, I want to show you how much God loves you. He loves you even to death. And then he physically demonstrated what that commitment meant. It wasn't an accident. The crucifixion wasn't something that got out of control, that you know, Jesus didn't really mean to end up on the cross. It was his premeditated, love-soaked, demonstration of love, self-sacrificial love, at the hands of those who were actually killing him. Jesus deliberately walked into the ambush, Jesus deliberately stepped on the landmine. Jesus deliberately threw himself on the grenade and as he did so, he said, let me show you how much God loves you. And he cries out for our, to be, us to be reconciled to him as he commits this great act of self-sacrifice. At the end of the parable, the, the owner returns, verse 15b. What will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. The end is coming. The judgment is coming. God's patience is, is not unlimited. Though it's extraordinary, it's not unlimited. Uh, and our chance to, to be reconciled with him is, is a limited offer pending his return. And so Jesus' little parable is... I didn't count the number of words, but it's, it's not many. Sums up the status of this world perfectly. There's a generous and patient God, but there is a rebellious people and a loving son. 
But the parable also points not just to what is happening in the world at the moment, it also points to the future. And in the future is the owner returning. It is God coming and in one hand he has the sword of judgment. But he holds out his other hand as well, which bears a nail hole. And he leaves us with the choice. Which hand are we going to take? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this world, its beauty and its provision for our life. And we thank you you've given us freedom to to live how we choose in this world, whether that be in a way that honours you and respects your law and respects your earth, or whether we choose to live in a way that dishonours you and rejects you and which pillages the earth that you've entrusted to us. And Lord, we thank you for this parable that reveals to us the way the world is, your attitude to it, our sinfulness and rebelliousness, and the Saviour who comes to bring reconciliation. And we thank you for your passionate, your dying commitment to reconciliation with us. And Lord, we pray this morning that we will firmly grasp that hand of salvation that you offer to us, the hand with the nail hole that shows the price you paid to reconcile the world to yourself. And if there's any here this morning who haven't grabbed a hold of that hand yet, Lord, give them the boldness to do that this morning, to bring, to accept, as as Michael has, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the good news that there is a way out, that you are offering reconciliation. And that if we're willing to give up our old ways and turn our back on our, our rebellion against you, that you are willing to grasp our hands and forgive us and receive us as one of your children. And so, Lord, if, if, if that's the case, if somebody's made that decision or somebody wants to reconfirm that this morning, pray you'll give them the, the, the confidence now to tell somebody about that, that they have made that decision, that they've grasped the hand of salvation. And for the rest of us, Lord, we pray that this mercy that you've shown up to us will sink deep into our hearts and that we will be full of rejoicing and thanksgiving for the salvation you've granted us. We ask this in and through our Saviour Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.